Welcome to Conversations with Quiet Leaders. My name is Juliet Morris. I believe there is greatness in leading and building teams through powerful listening, what's being said and what's being heard. In this podcast, you'll hear from quiet leaders who are being more bold, more brave and more comfortable with who they are. Hello, uh, today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Shola Kay. Uh, Shola is a, a multi-award winning speaker specialising in communication, leadership, diversity, equity and inclusion. And I should also mention she's done a podcast, she's written a couple of books and an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, Shola. So how are you? Lovely to see you again. Thank you, Juliet. Yeah, great to be here. And uh, yeah, really excited to have this conversation. It's been a while since we last spoke. So uh, yeah, should be a good one. I first saw you at a Women in Tech event. I think we were saying before, it must have been about five years ago now. And the, the one thing that struck me about you was how open you were about speaking and your foray into speaking from corporate life and being an introvert. And then serendipitously, our paths crossed again at a Women in Business event. And you kindly took a few photos of me when I was picking up my award. (laughs) And that really touched me. Tell me a little bit about being an introvert and how you've experienced that throughout your life. Yeah, good question. Um, I started out working in the corporate arena. And I think when I was a kid, uh, I didn't... Back in those days, there wasn't much conversation about introverts and extroverts. It just really wasn't on people's radar. And so when I had my first corporate job, um, I was a consultant in one role, another role I was an account director. And in both of those roles, obviously, you're supposed to be speaking up in meetings, um, helping clients and so on. And my first sort of brush with, oh, you know, you're a bit too quiet, is being in one role, um, being told, you're not speaking up enough in client meetings and being put on probation um, without even anybody saying to me, well, how do you feel about this role or what, mm. what's going on for you? But literally, boom, you know, you're not speaking up enough. You're on probation. Um, and then another role uh, after about six months in the role, the company wasn't doing well because of some industry factors at the time. But again, never having any feedback from anybody and then being given a performance review and told this is your last day of work. You're not speaking up enough. So, wow. um, okay. yeah, so it's kind of a real like, oh, you know, feet in the fire. <laughs> boom and that made me um sort of step back uh from from the corporate world for a, a number of years and I started doing a lot of personal development work and exploring myself exploring uh you know sort of interactions in the workplace and that's where it started to become really clear that um I was an introvert and also recognizing that introverts often don't get the respect that they deserve in the workplace and people don't give them uh, create environments where they can be their best selves so things like giving people a bit of opportunity to read an agenda for a meeting before the meeting takes place or giving people a heads up that they that the next person to speak will be will be them so they can prepare what they're going to say and these are all very small things that can easily be done mm. but I just still find although that there's more awareness now I still find that there's much more um I don't want to use the word bias, but there's more um, extroversion is is seen as the norm. And if you're not that, then there's something wrong with you. And uh, I, I think that's a shame. And that's why I think it's so important for 
introverts to speak up and just share well I am an introvert I'm doing these things I am an introvert people say oh how can you be and and I think it just helps to normalize that for everybody was that the driver then for you that experience you had in the workplace and then moving into that personal development that was your driver to for you to find your voice and start I guess start your next journey yeah I think it was and I I think it, it it, it, it wasn't an obvious thing at the time. It was just, I felt like I was really deeply flawed um, because of what had happened. And I went into the workplace like most other people, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, just thought, get your head down, do the work, everything will be okay. And then you get there and you realise that there's all this sort of jockeying for uh, favour and, you know, the, the sort of things that happen at work. And, um, and then I left kind of deeply disenchanted And as I say, feeling like there was something wrong with me. And it was only as time went on that I realized. um, And when I came, I I did a TEDx talk on empathy a couple of years ago. And when I was working with a speaker coach for that, um, at the time, it still didn't dawn on me that it wasn't necessarily my fault what had happened. Definitely, I take some responsibility for perhaps I should have been asking more questions, being more proactive. If I wasn't getting performance reviews and feedback, I should be asking more what's going on what can I do better and I wasn't doing that um but you know she basically said well you've been underutilized and treated quite unfairly and I was like oh yeah <laughs> it went, oh boo <laughs> so um and um I just felt that it's important to to share that message in a very open and honest way not in a oh I've been aggrieved you know but but more um not that I'm feeling aggrieved but more just so that introverts out there who might feel that they're struggling a bit know that there are other people who've been through similar experiences so yeah it has been quite a formative um and a sort of pivotal experience for me and it's something that I still share because I I still think that there's a lot more that can be done uh in terms of you know diversity inclusion uh equity and as a black woman sort of bringing that in but also a black woman introvert so so yeah I think it's important to share all these these uh these things have you seen a shift with people wanting to find their own voice throughout through the pandemic but also maybe a shift from workplaces to want to explore this whether it's empathy or whether it's inclusion because there's been so much happening over the last 18 months which have been quite significant for the world of work yes yeah I think it's I mean for all the 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 sort of tragic sides of covid with you know some people really struggling whether it's health wise or financially i think it, a lot of um some good has come out of it as well so uh for example just in terms of the world of work a lot of introverts were sort of quite happy to not have to go to the office and boom you know this is a great way for me to get on with things and um, finding it was really helpful for their productivity and so i think in in that respect that that's been good and I actually wrote an article a while ago why why COVID has been good for for introverts um people being able to speak up on online in meetings not having to um fight to be heard because there are other ways that you can get some attention if you're in an online meeting people not needing to um people feeling like their their opinion is, is 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 being heard and it's easier for them to speak up uh so and then of course there's in terms of sort of just more general sort of equity diversity and inclusion of course what happened with with the George Floyd um and 
Black Lives Matter and so on. That was another um, sort of big thing that, that happened during COVID. And sort of hopefully that that awareness and that um, sort of pushing for, for more equity isn't going to go away after people start going back to work. But um, I feel like because people were at home, there was a lot more attention paid than perhaps would have been uh, otherwise. So, so yeah, I think it, it, it's it's just been a really huge moment, and I think the impact, the repercussions of of the last eighteen months, you know, they're not over yet, and they'll be be felt for many more years to come. I believe. I mean, I, luckily for me, it's kind of helped my business become international because it means that I can have clients anywhere in the world, um, mm-hmm. and and they're much more open saying, oh, well, let's look in another country for somebody to work with us here. So, and I don't think that's going to go away because I think people will have recognized some of the benefits of whether it's virtual meetings or doing business virtually. And um, I I don't think that's going to go anywhere anytime soon, which is a really good thing. Mm, And again, operating virtually can be great for introverts too, right? So yes, yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious about your childhood. Knowing what you do now, do you recognise yourself as being the quieter introvert person in childhood? It's funny at school. I'd always get told off. My school report would always say, "Talks too much. Talks too much. (laughs) Talks too much." which I guess isn't really the, the the trait of an extrovert um of an introvert sorry but alongside that I would love to curl up with a book you know I spent hours reading I didn't necessarily need a lot of um interaction uh, you know or stimulation from other kids when I was at home um so yeah I guess there are elements there that looking back I could see oh yes you know there was an extrovert there an introvert in the making there but but yeah I mean I was always very you know, very sociable as well, probably more so then than I am now, to be honest. Mm. Uh, that I think that there is a difference between the experience we have when we go into certain environments or the encounters we have with people. And we were talking before around, you know, naturally we assume this is, this is a noisy world and we encounter lots of loud, you know, outgoing people. And I've always been quite curious as to whether those environments start to define which path we choose and how we interact with people basically as a child I was fostered so I lived with um, my brother and my sister and foster parents and then basically when I was about what 11 I went back and lived with my birth parents and that was just me the only child with them and and the two of them so I don't know if the fact that for a number of years I was kind of on my own as a I sort of went from being one of three to an only child effectively um, and I don't know if that kind of made me become a bit more just just kind of got, got used to kind of doing things for myself and on my own and then that kind of brought out some of that introversion as well because I know I mean, you probably read this as well that then um, some people say that there's a that it's genetic introversion. It's not just mm. a societal, you know, brought about by your your society and upbringing. So I, I, maybe that it's a, sort of it's sleeping until something triggers it, and then you know suddenly the introvert starts blooming. I'm not really sure, but um, but yeah, I do kind of recognise that there was I had to become a bit more self reliant. I think, and and I think that made me perhaps. Um, become a little bit quieter and more thoughtful than just sort of out there chatting and, um, you know, having fun all the time. Yeah. Uh, as a child, I was, um, I, I was a bit like you. So I used to talk to a lot of people, but I realized that 
I, I thought a little bit differently because I didn't want to just play with girls. I was quite often the person playing football, <laughs> yeah. you know, when I was about eight years old and I wanted to do lots of different things. And and I always got curious as to what, why didn't people just want to try stuff? And, and I think that defined who I was. And then as I got a little bit older, there were experiences where people said, I couldn't do something. And I go, well, why not? Why, why can't I do that? So I try and navigate around. And I think that's why I started thinking more in my own head rather than expressing it outwards. Um, and I think that that was the drive for me. You started discovering yourself and doing some reflection and personal development. When did you decide you, you wanted to become a speaker? Because a lot of introverts or quiet leaders will be thinking, well, that would be my worst nightmare going and speaking on stage. <laughs> but you you went and did that. Yeah, yeah. It's um well, basically when I left corporate, I I spent a while, I trained to be a life coach, I sort of did a lot of um, reflection. And then I thought that I wanted to be a professional singer. And um, that was one of the things, that was one of the dreams I'd always always had as a kid uh, to sing. And I thought, well, why not now? If I, you know, if I can't hold down a job, I might as well do something else. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I started taking singing lessons, really enjoyed them. And um, for me, the, the, the fun of singing was kind of expressing the emotion of a song to other people. So it wasn't about being in front of loads of people. Um, in fact, I always used to feel not not anxiety, but it was never excitement that I was about to go on stage. It was more, uh, please let me do a good job um, and let people enjoy it. But it wasn't, oh, my gosh, yes, I'm about to put on some sparkles and be seen by many people. It's completely different than that. Um, but then as I became more and more used to being in the public eye, something in me started saying, you need to you need to be a speaker. You need to learn to speak. You need to and I don't even know where it came from but it, it was just there dormant and then it started to, to to speak to me and so eventually I decided that I would get some public speaking training and really enjoyed it because then I was used to the attention and it um yeah it just and I didn't even know at the time what message I wanted to share I just knew that I wanted to to speak to people and so then eventually the message the message you know with as with a lot of speakers the message was this my part of my story um but but yeah it just it, I remember I, I had a life coach at the time and I was crying in I was in John Lewis in Oxford Street which is if you don't know London go to Oxford Street Oxford Street's this big shopping street and John Lewis is a sort of a department store and I was up in this cafe with my life coach and I was crying <laughs> and he said why are you crying Shane I said well I want to be a speaker <laughs> and he said okay who do you want to speak to I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to speak about I don't know <laughs> um and to his credit because at the time he knew the background that I'd had you know with with not speaking up at work and to his credit he said okay if that's what you want get a get a diary get a, a notebook let's start planning and so he forced me to plan my first workshop and um and then I decided I'd sort of take this external public speaking exam and I ended up within a year I got the top grade worldwide in this exam um, and I share that with people because I think all too often we don't believe that we can do we might have a secret yearning but we don't necessarily believe we can make it happen mm -hmm. and I think if you're if you don't have the self-belief you need to get yourself around somebody who can at least encourage you or just give you a few words 
to put you in the right direction because I think it's it, it's it's sad when people have a have a, a dream that they don't believe that they can achieve and then they don't uh, don't take steps to because I think if we have those yearnings they come from somewhere they come from somewhere and so we've got to honor them um, and I think that's another reason why I share my story to hopefully inspire other people because they always say well if you're an introvert how can you do this and I just say well it, there's something in me so if there's something in you let it out and let it let it do its thing yeah I love that I I talk about big dreams a lot because so often we go through life and it's no it you know we're not talking about the big dream by the time you hit 60 it's those dreams that you have along the way throughout your life and being able to recognize that because that is your inner voice there is that something yearning coming out and most of us ignore it because we want to get the next big job title or the salary or you know there are other priorities and we sort of dampen that down um, but it is really important if you want to, I'm passionate about that, if you want to really thrive and be truly happy and feel that joy, give it a go, take some action. But talking about it, and I love the fact that you said you talked about it with someone and maybe, you know, you felt emotional and you cried about it and you didn't know how you're going to do it, <laughs> but you talked about it. And the more we start talking about it. And, and I think the challenge with introverts, and I know this because I, I think an incredible amount, but a lot of it goes on in here, but the more we talk and however ridiculous it may sound or you think it's going to sound, then the more you can start taking action and it starts resonating. And then if it's something that's not going to go away, then you have to do something about it. You absolutely have to do. So yeah, I love that story. So you became this almost like this high-performing speaker and then what what happened next how did you really hone your craft to then go on to speak in front of top-class corporate organizations uh, well I started out like a lot of people do I, I went to Toastmasters because it's very accessible mm. and there are a lot of people like yourself there uh, or like you know ourselves there who just want to get better um, and so then from there I think once I knew I had the bug I I thought, okay, I need to, because it's one thing to want to speak, but it's another thing to make a business of it. And mm. sometimes the business side is the hardest bit because it, you, you're you working really hard to get the opportunity to speak. Uh, and so I I worked with a number of different coaches. Um, like one was in Canada, I've got another one in Canada right now. Uh, but I just kind of looked for the top people that I could afford at the time who could help me achieve the thing that I wanted to. And um, I'm a big one for getting support. I really think that this idea, right, I'm just going to do it alone. Why, if, if, if you've got the resources and luckily, you know, was, there were credit cards in hand or whatever I needed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, luckily, uh, you know, I was able to, to, to find those as needed. But I, I do, I'm a huge believer of, um, yeah, just having people help you. And even when, I, I started out as a speaker and when you, you start in a career quite often you've got nothing you know and I hadn't written my books at the time I hadn't got much under my belt in terms of um, you know big big name clients and so I thought well gosh I'm going to be so embarrassed to even approach any individuals or any companies and say can I speak for you because I've, I've got nothing so I um, found somebody who could do a little bit of PR for me and she just literally did like an hour or two hours a week just calling up places and trying to get me opportunities. And I think if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have even started because I would have been so awfully embarrassed at 
so, so who are you? Shola who? What? Uh, oh no, sorry. Like ah. So um, so yeah, it was it was having her support, and then eventually, you know, we got one thing, and then I wrote my book, and I got to do something at Marie Claire um, on a panel, and it just went like that, sort of bit by bit. But it, it just helped having that bit of extra support at the beginning. Yeah, recognizing that's not your strength and outsourcing it is a is a yeah, it's a really great tip. So you now talk a lot about empathy. How have you moved from where you started to where you are now? Well, I started out talking about mainly about communication skills. And I think a lot of people who do want to speak and have put the time in to learn um, the craft of public speaking, that's an obvious place for them to want to help other people because so many people do need public speaking skills. So I started out, um, the two books I've written are both on communication, one's on public speaking, one's on more general everyday communication. And um, I had a client, uh, an American company actually, and I'd done some work for them. And when um, the the big move came for a lot of companies to, to, to start working on their diversity, equity and inclusion policies and strategy and so on that client said to me oh do you do DEI work and I said well not really and um uh, she said well I've got somebody I'd like to refer you to and I said well you know here's somebody else here's their email address contact them and then she came back and said no we really want you to do it and I thought okay and and it and it is tough work I mean and it's I think that the thing is it's you, you you kind of see a little bit of progress in the world and then the next week something else happens at pushes things backwards and it's it can be quite disheartening and so there was part of me I even booked a session with my my therapist I said look (laughs) it looks like I'm going to be on this DEI journey can I handle it what do I need to talk through with you so we had this conversation um and and I decided yeah I would go for it and, and and start doing this work and and luckily for me I'd really done my TEDx on empathy and empathy feeds really nicely into that whole world because uh, I believe that empathy is the starting point. If you can put yourself in someone else's shoes, a lot of these issues that we're looking at today wouldn't wouldn't be happening in the first place. So it kind of worked that I'd got this 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 um, some a body of work on empathy out there already, and then I just used that as the I guess I call it the red carpet of uh, DEI, but just making things being a foundation for things and um I just went from there and I think with what's happened with COVID and and you know the last sort of 18 months a lot of companies are recognizing the importance of empathy and that this sort of top-down leadership you know command and control doesn't work anymore and especially with you know what's going on now with a lot of people rethinking their their corporate jobs and not not even wanting to go back into the workplace this idea of this, the you know, the, the sort of um, tyrant bully boss, it's, it's okay. I'm sure there will still be many, many out there. But if somebody wants to create a, a, a working environment that is equitable, that uh, is engaging, it's, you know, you can't really do that. And so empathy is the starting point, really, for those sort of leaders and those sorts of organisations to, 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 to make a change. So it, I've been fortunate in a way that... Um, the topic that I spoke on several years ago is now quite sort of trendy, if you like, it's sort of mm. or trending at least, and hopefully it will stay, uh, remain popular because I think it's so important. Well, I read an article, I think it was in the BBC last year, around is the future for quiet leaders. The more I speak to people, I think there is because there's a natural beauty of 
how you find that confidence, but also listening, showing empathy, asking questions. And there's something really beautiful around that quiet leadership, introversion leadership that I think can play a massive part in the world going forward. And we've seen it in politics, you know, the loud, aggressive out there, and it just doesn't work where you look at the the countries have got those quieter leaders have shown real empathy and are really, really shaking the system up for what, what could be in the future. Mm, yeah, I agree. And, and, and I think that, as you say, you hit the nail on the head there where that sort of empathy, a lot of introverts are empathetic because you naturally, you're, you're quieter, you're listening, you're trying to understand what's going on rather than trying to get the attention. Um, and I think that when I uh, tend to do when I do keynote speak speeches, I, I was always very interactive with people because I didn't want to be speaking for the whole hour. I'd, I'd like to hear and get some input from the audience. And with the ability to kind of have the chat window open and so on when we're doing virtual, mm. it just made it even easier to interact with audience members and listen while I was there to speak. And I think people really appreciate having a chance to be heard. They super appreciate it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just been a, a good experience, I guess, with everything going virtual, because it, it does mean that there's more space for lots of voices to to, to speak up or to at least write things down and um, <laughs> be read. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me, Shola, what's your next big dream? What's next for you? Gosh, well, I mean, I'm I mean, if I'm honest, I'm enjoying the trajectory that I'm on at the moment. Um, I'm really enjoying speaking on empathy. I'm enjoying being able to sort of mix empathy with communication um, and, and, and speak to more and more people. So it's, it's really more of the same. I mean, but yeah, just, just kind of making more of a difference, getting the message heard by more people. And, uh, you know, it's not, not about me, but just if, if, if the story or if the tools to be more empathetic can touch more lives, then that's a brilliant thing. For the people that are listening, what would your top three tips be for people who want to find their voice? They're perhaps a little bit quieter, maybe shy, maybe more sensitive or an introvert. I think the first, in no particular order, for me, the one of the big ones was um, really get in touch with what your values are and what your passions are and what, what kind of motivates you. Because there's so much out there, like, you know, you go on social media, get, there's just voices shouting all the time. And it can be really hard to think, well, I've just got this little voice or I've got I've got something, but it's not as big as or as strident or as, you know, uh, aggressive or whatever as other people's. Mm. It doesn't mean it doesn't count. Um, so I think just really getting in touch with with what drives you, what motivates you what what if you had to share a message and try and get yourself into these platforms what would that message be and and don't feel don't worry about volume and how uh, as in quantity but just think what is that core message that would would permeate every every communication from me so i think that's the first thing then the second thing is is to don't is to not be afraid to get support and as i say when i had that pr person that helped me i i, I don't think i'd have even started my business if she hadn't been there to, to help me a little bit. And when I talk about that, people normally come up to me and they say, oh, thank you, because I'm an introvert and I thought I couldn't do this. It's like, no, you can. you can. There's Fiverr, there's Upwork. There's all sorts of places where you can pay people. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but they can help support you. Even if you're creating 
posts for social media and you can't bring yourself to put them on, on there yourself mm. you can find people who will put those posts there for you or they'll respond because I when I used to post on Instagram there'd be people that say oh yeah thanks for that or um oh what do you think of this and I'd be like oh gosh I've got to go back again and respond <laughs> so I haven't got somebody to just you know say thanks and put love hearts on Instagram for me in mm. response to people's messages so so yeah look for support um, and then the, the next thing I think is really just to, it is, it is noisy out there, but your voice counts, whether it's loud or it's soft, your voice counts. And so whatever way you can find to get it out there, even if it's in a tiny way, just start, just start and, and know that it can feel really uncomfortable. And Juliet, you and I were talking before about, oh gosh, you know, got to put your podcast out, got to do this. Like, oh, <laughs> it can feel really uncomfortable, but just keep going with it. Keep going. There's someone out there listening who or wanting to listen to your message. So don't deprive that person. Really good tips. Thank you. So how can people get hold of you, Shola, if they want help with speaking or want to hire you for their next speaking event? Ah, you can reach me on LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest way. That's where I am the most. You can tell that on, if you connect with me on Instagram, you may not get a response from me. <laughs> from my VA. <laughs> So, so yeah, LinkedIn will work, uh, Shola K, K-A-Y-E, or my website is sholak.com. So either way, I'd love to hear from you, even if it's just a connection and saying, uh, I heard the, the podcast or telling me what you're up for next, because I'm, I'm always interested. So please do reach out. Lovely. That's great. Thank you so much, Shola. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thanks a lot, Juliet. It was really great fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I love to talk and work with people and businesses who want to achieve more. I challenge their thoughts to create possibility. Anyone can be part of the conversation. Leave me a message, ask a question and connect with me.